New alarm bells ringing tonight on the coronavirus outbreak in this country. Doctors say the virus is spread through droplets when someone coughs or sneezes. And I think the business community, it's in their interest that people actually stay home and stop the spread. For a business that can allow more employees to telecommute, we want you to do that. In these times, what does it mean to sell with purpose? How can you bring intention to every sales conversation, no matter what you're selling? What if success doesn't mean just one more closed sale, but one more life saved? Hi, friends. I'm Andy Paul, host of the Sales Enablement Podcast, and this is Selling with Purpose, a special six-part series of inspiring conversations exploring what it means to sell with a mission greater than just hitting your numbers in the era of COVID-19 and beyond. Tune in to hear from world-class enterprise sales leaders and learn how their six companies will close $50 billion selling remotely. See how they've supported essential workers with the products and services they need to stay safe and thrive during this time of crisis. A special thank you to our guests and their incredible companies, Sodexo, Henry Schein, Gordon Food Services, NFP, Stanley Security, and CDK for allowing us to share their stories. All right, let's get into it. Kyle Gordon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. Well, it's a pleasure having you. So um, where are you sheltering in place these days? Downtown Boston uh, for about, uh, well, you know, about seven weeks, I would say, but I'm also, um, I'm a new father. So we were doing- congratulations. Thank you. We were doing the maternity leave, um, the paternity leave, all of that. So for someone who travels every week, 2020 has been an interesting year for me thus far. <laughs> well, I mean, in one respect, I guess the the timing of this thing has worked out because you, yeah, you're off the road. You have a chance to spend this this intense time with your son or son or daughter. I'm sorry. So, yeah, son. son. Very, okay. very, uh, very cool. To I never thought I'd be able to. Uh, you know, the first almost three months now, uh, I've missed a grand total of one day. So uh, very, very thankful in that regard for sure. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I just remember when my first child was born uh, was the same time I got promoted to take over international global sales for a company. And so two weeks later, I was off to Asia. And so it's like, yeah. yeah, that was not ideal. All right. Well, so tell us what you do. You're, you're um, vice president of sales marketing for Stanley Security. Yeah, so so um, lead lead sales um, and and did lead marketing call call a heavy influencer with our marketing group, um, but yeah, lead lead the entire North American sales team, uh, field sales team for for our Stanley Security, which is a, a division of Stanley Black and Decker. Right. And how big of a field sales team do you have? Uh, call it all in a little over three hundred, so about roughly thirty. Five managers, a few directors, and then and then um, uh, two hundred and seventy-five field sales representatives. Wow! And they are calling on end users, or do you also work through channels? Uh, end users. So it's um, we have a direct model. So so we're going we're going directly to our end users, and and um, we're in in our industry we're known as an integrator, which is another way of saying a reseller. Uh, so so for the most part. And there is a caveat, but for the most part, we don't make what we sell. Uh, we resell others, and, and we're and we're a channel partner for for other uh, technology providers. Okay, so dealing with the end users, but you have you know over two hundred people in the field. 
who are now working from home. So talk about that transition for you. We have an outside inside sales team. Yeah, we've got, um, (laughs) it's been, let's call it the most challenging and most rewarding experience of my professional career to date. Um, we, we do, we have, we have guys and gals who get up every day and they're on the road to an end user's, um, location. Um, this is, this is pre COVID obviously on safety and security measures that they should be looked at implementing within their business. Um, it's a very, it's a very hands-on, um, relationship. There's a lot of trust that goes into selling in this space and you can very quickly lose credibility if you don't do it by building relationships and, and, and exactly. obviously face-to-face conversations, a lot of them are paramount to or kind of the, the the bedrock, if you will, or the foundation to relationships. So um, taking that dynamic out almost entirely uh, over the last couple months has certainly presented us with uh, with some let's call them opportunities for growth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and starting with you, right? I imagine because you suddenly you're having to reorient completely. You're your worldview of how you manage and develop your team. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 a big proponent of face-to-face training, um, personal development, role playing, and just honestly, uh, team building, you know, just put all of the, um, put all of, call it the, the normal processes aside. And you just talk about having a team dinner or a beer and, and being able to relate to someone there's when, when you're able to build that trust with internally, um, I've found in, in my, in my career that what, you will get out of a person when they know that you're um, you're invested in them is uh, is so much more. So so certainly building those relationships remotely requires a lot more effort, a lot more diligence, um, and, and you really have to set yourself up for reminders because those things you 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 almost in the past would do on your own while quote running the business. Now you have all these run the business calls and you have to still make sure that that you're doing the little things that enable you uh, to, to be a, a servant leader and, and to inspire others. So, um, yeah, but very, very interesting challenge for leaders. Yeah. So let's talk about starting with your reps then. And so, as you said, they were out every day in the field meeting face to face with clients. You've got these offices, I noticed, you know, throughout the, the country. So what are they doing now from a new business development standpoint? Because we're going to get into a second how they're supporting the existing customers. But so what are they, how are they adapting to being an inside salesperson? Yeah. So I, I think if you look at sort of what we've built as pillars to our, call it transformation, you, you really, you've got to break it down into a couple different things. One is, um, if you look at how, for instance, adept we are at social selling, social prospecting, uh, leveraging things like LinkedIn in mail, as opposed to maybe uh, a standard email or Mm -hmm. having a Zoom call with face-to-face interaction as opposed to maybe a conference call. Um, Because body language is is 
critical to establishing trust and being able to convey a message. Um, so as we kind of looked at what their days are now versus what they were, let's say, in the beginning of January, um, our leadership team was very active in uh, building a, 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 a course curriculum from a remote selling standpoint. So things as simple as you know, how to effectively use Zoom, how to create a background on Zoom if, if you want to do that. I mean, I think it's important to note that in my industry, I've got, um, I kind of have a wide range of sales consultants out there, some who are who are early tenure, but a good portion who who have been who have been doing this for a long time, and they've never had to really necessarily build out their LinkedIn profile or understand really how to leverage it. Um, they've never had to host Zoom calls, and even if they were joining Zoom calls in the past, they might just dial in while they're on the road on their way to another customer. So, understanding and allowing for vulnerability, especially with the sales population, because you know, as as we all know, Andy, that salespeople tend to be prideful. As a leader, you know, having our sales managers also kind of come alongside and say, "Hey, I, I really struggled with this, but this is what helped me." So I think I think there's that internal training, which a, a lot of this right now is um, is tough to to sort of change your routine. I mean, salespeople are, are creatures of habit. I've I've got folks, myself included, who have been doing. The same, nearly the same thing every day for for years, if not decades. And all of a sudden, we have asked them in the course of a, a week or sometimes less to fundamentally change how they operate. So, obviously, making sure that they feel comfortable with the tools and the technology, um, making sure that 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 we overcome the victim mentality as quickly as possible. That was the first thing that set in was we had um, we had a lot of people who, who at first um, were, were, were challenged uh, around what they would do because it's so different. So getting over the mentality, that's a lot of internal coaching. Uh, and then and then fundamentally, how do you live in a remote selling world? And we brought in um, just some people from our marketing team to talk about. We brought in some partners to kind of talk about best practices. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 been interesting. I will say, Andy, we're fortunate to work in an industry um, where where we're what we do is is valued now more than ever. So I think that's that's helped, right? When you think about safety and security, um, and you think about visitor management or access control now, now more than ever, um, companies want to know who's in their building why they're in their building, when they came in, who they talked to, for obvious reasons. That helps a little bit because we have very timely and topical messages to convey, but it's still a bunch of people trying to figure it out. So on the Stanley Black & Decker website, and which they say, and this is our quote, a $14 billion revenue purpose-driven industrial organization. So what is that purpose? Uh, it, it's so at Stanley Black and Decker, um, we did a purpose project and it must've been three years ago now. Um, and, and our, um, during the project, Jim Lurie said, we really just took a hundred and at that time it was 175 years of purpose and excavated it. 
you know, you didn't want to imply that we haven't <laughs> been living our purpose for as long as we've been in, in business. But we, to, to his credit, we hadn't necessarily articulated it or, or, or been able to speak to it. Um, and so for Stanley Black and Decker, uh, it's for those who make the world. And then every one of Stanley Black and Decker's businesses take that um, for those who make uh, the world and then they add on. So for at Stanley Security, we're for those who make the world progress. So, um, you know, as, as we sort of look at, at what we do in our business, it's not only not only safety, it's not only security, it's taking it's taking this data that that we have um, and and these these end users who have really interesting roles, right? We, we in, in in the security world, you're ranging from um, first responders to IT, um, taking all of this data and making it usable. I know that's a super cliche. You can basically say that statement for anything that anyone does. So it, it's an opportunity for us to help organizations. Um, Run more efficiently, run more safely, um, and and really, it's it's something that that we're we're especially proud of. And right now, more than ever, especially within the security business, where we have a healthcare business, we have an access technologies business, and we have our our, our security business. Um, many of our customers are the heroes that you're hearing about every day on the news. And so, for us to be able to empower them to make real time decisions about the the well-being of their employees of their staff of their um, community broader community that they serve it's a it's a really rewarding time and so i'm i'm so thankful that we we took the time a couple of years ago to define our purpose because it's something uh that the sales team and the organization in general has found a way to rally around um during this time um you know i was, I was talking the other day on a on a council call and we, we were talking about sort of everyone's talking about it now, right? The new norm and, and how do you operate in the new norm? And one of the things that I shared with the, with, with the, with the group there was it needs to be more than metrics right now. I, I think in a normal world, we're, we're always looking for a little bit more inspiration, but, but you can get by knowing kind of where you're at, where you're at the quota. And then, you know, working out, going for a run, seeing your family, things like that. When, when you're cooped up, and, and I know, Andy, you can appreciate this too, when you're cooped up in an apartment and really have to social distance, you, you, you've got to feel that your efforts are, being, are, are driving a, a more aspirational purpose, right? Hitting a quota or closing sales, but what you're actually doing is contributing to the greater good. You know, one of the things... And feel free to cut me off, Andy, because I'm a rambler. <laughs> well, I do have a question. Is, is so? Do you find that this purpose, um, you know, is giving, you know, intrinsic motivation to your to your team at this point in time? That that yeah, they're feeling stressed. They're you know, doing 180 degree difference in their daily work routine in terms of interacting with their clients. But are they finding the sense of purpose, you know, animating their efforts? I like to think so. I mean, I certainly am, and I know that my leadership team certainly is. It's it's hard to um, it, it's hard to really bifurcate what we do on a daily basis and who we're serving, and not feel 
a certain sense of obligation and responsibility um, from from police departments and fire departments to uh, healthcare uh, providers to frankly our our technicians, right? So so our technicians, our call center operators, um, they're essential workers, and they're going on site to to fix emergency um, service calls with regards to. Know, a door being down or in a call center, they're there for a break-in and they're physically showing up every day. Um, and, and there's just, I know from walking around Boston, just right now going outside and walking around, you, you, you live with a little bit more anxiety. So, um, you know, understanding, uh, that, that there's people who, if the worst you have it is you've got to work from home and you've got to do zoom calls, which I remind our team all the time, then you've got it pretty good, Andy. And I think, I think our team has, 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 has thrived a little bit off that. Yeah. And I think that too, it, as, as I was looking at the variety of customers you serve and, and just to your point about going outside and, and in my case, walking through Manhattan, which is empty these days, eerily empty is it's just, small business after small business after small business that is just shut down. But right. I imagine a good, a good number of those are doing monitored security systems. I mean, the, the business owner has to be concerned about yeah. this facility standing open uh, or standing yeah. empty and, and what's happened. It's yeah. So what, what we did um, to address that specifically, Andy, I think in general was the first thing we did and, and and I was so thankful to um, you know have have a have a really good marketing team who was able to put some good stuff out there quickly. But the the first thing we did when this was going when we kind of had a feeling that this was going to be um, something that w- was going to take us weeks if not months, which we're now finding out uh, on the thirtieth of April that it's it's months, uh, was put out as much content as possible around things that businesses could do that will cost them little to nothing that they can do themselves to secure their properties. So we put out a whole blog series and invited our, our frankly, our competitors as well as peers and, and industry folks to join in the conversation just around best practices. So if you think about, you know, going through and unplugging your electrical devices, making valuable confidential information offsite, scheduling, delivery times for your staff so that they can come in and come out to pick things up without bumping in another staff member to, to make sure that you're ensuring social distancing, turning off your guest Wi-Fi, right? It's, it's documented right now, unfortunately, that cyber attacks are, are significantly up. So, um, you know, we quickly just brought a bunch of people together. A lot of our, a lot of our, um, our, our engineers, our product people, as well as as well as some of our field folks, and said, "Hey, what are some best practices that anyone can do right now to ensure that if they're modifying their work hours or if they have to actually walk away from their premise, what are some some best practices that they can do that aren't going to cost them money, that aren't going to drive them to a a Stanley solution?" Right? I, I just wanted we we just wanted to get a lot of really good information out. So. It's a little thing, um, and, and it is. It, but but it was something we felt like we could do immediately. That that hopefully, if just one business owner saw, or one security director, or safety um, safety director saw, 
maybe it helped them uh, help them while they're away. So a question for you is, is and just a couple minutes we have left is, so how do you see, so you've been this intense field sales organization, right? So in sales in general, we've seen over the last 10 years, the growth of inside sales. We've certainly seen a lot of hybrid sales models. Yours is one that's pretty intensely field oriented necessarily. What do you think it's going to be like as we come back to whatever the, I don't want to call it the new normal. I like to call it the next normal. I like that. When we get to that next normal, what what is that going to be for you, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a hybrid. So I don't think that um, I don't think we can underestimate. And I started the conversation with this. I don't think you can underestimate the value of personal relationships. Personal relationships are built uh, quite often with with face to face interaction. But we certainly um, we certainly have seen a lot of benefits to the remote selling environment. Um, you know, a, cu- a couple of things that it's that it's really positioned us to do is is look at our remote offerings there's a lot of things and i'm I'm sure every industry is finding this out andy but there's a lot of things that we used to do face-to-face just because we've always done it that way a lot of services a lot of tools a lot of um you know maintenance um items that that with technology these days and and the right tools you can actually absolutely do that remotely it's more efficient and effective for the customer, and it's more efficient and effective for us. So I think we'll see increased remote selling, uh, whether that's a dedicated team or if that may just be that the team in general, that could be another portion of their of their skill set that they didn't have prior to this. So it, it, the next normal is definitely going to be different, significantly different in my opinion. I think we've we've learned a ton. Um, and, and I'm, you know, once we overcome this crisis, I'm, I'm excited for the skills that, that our sales team and the customers, you know, customers have had to adapt as well, right? I'm excited for what that dynamic looks like. And last question for you. So if you had to say, okay, a year from now or two years from now, whenever the, (laughs) wherever, whenever we're at that next normal and you're customers look back you know, how are they going to remember their interactions with your sales team during this time i hope they remember them to be genuine so that's that's the one thing that that we've we've implored our sales teams to operate with because because of the industry that we work in um there are absolutely some alarmist tendencies that you see out there um and and um, we 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 spent a lot of time walking our team through the role we play, and and it's and it's something that you know when you're in it, right? You know, you know when you're in a uh, a a role defining period, or and we're in one right now. And so, how you act within the moment of crisis, I think, is what defines you as a human. And so, what we've asked our team to do is to offer help as much as possible because what we do absolutely helps our customers navigate this but but you know do it purely from a from a from a place of um selflessness and that's that's a really tough balance to strike with a sales organization your job at the end of the day is to is to drive orders but understanding i think that if you if you genuinely build um, 
trust right now with the market and you you deliver really good content that's just helpful to people the sales will come right the sales will come when this thing clears and people will see you for what you are which is hopefully an oper- an organization that operates with integrity um, and so that's that's what I, I guess in a long drawn out way that's what I hope we're we're remembered as right now is is an organization that approach customers um, with with you know the a human first mentality. All right, well, Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And um, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? LinkedIn's probably easiest. Just Kyle Gordon. I'm not too uh, not too active on the socials. Besides that. Uh, due to the fact there's a newborn and a sales team to run. (laughs) (laughs) And what's your son's name? Grayson. Grayson. Oh, great name. Love it. Grayson Grayson Gordon. I got to give a shout out to the the real boss, Eliza, my wife, who's doing all the hard work. All right. Yeah. With everybody cooped up. Absolutely. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.